0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: Good morning and welcome to the Inclusive Class Podcast. Through interviews and discussions, it's our goal to explore the promise and practice of inclusive education. I'm Nicole Eridix and I'm one of your hosts for the show, I'm a parent, inclusion teacher, and creator of the online resource, theinclusiveclass.com. And joining me here on the Inclusive Class this morning is my co host, Terry Morrow.
2: Hi, Terry. Good morning, Nicole, and welcome to all our listeners. I am Terry Morrow. I'm the author of 50 Ways to Support Your Child's Special Education, and I write about special needs for About.com at specialchildren.about.com. I'd like to mention to anybody out there listening to us live that we're not taking phone calls, and although I tried to open the chat room today, the little wheel is turning and turning and turning, and no chat room has come up. So I guess we're just going to have to talk to ourselves today, and you all can just sit and listen. Um, Having a, a... busy, busy, busy week ahead of me here. Uh, I don't know how things are going with you, Nicole, but uh, mm-hmm. normally I'm used to this being the winding down phase of the summer, but mm-hmm. this summer we've got a lot going on. My son is going to the state special Olympics uh, not this weekend, oh. but next weekend, so we're gearing up for that, putting names mm-hmm. in clothing, and you know, it's like going away to camp. It's going to yep. be his first, uh, first time away without his dad or I or our close friends with him. So it's going to be an adventure right. and then uh-huh. uh in the middle of next week my uh uh husband and daughter are going to see uh my niece's graduation. So which uh my son and I can't go to because he has algebra. Algebra algebra So um it's going to be a really unusual week and also a real kind of growing week for us here randomly in the middle of the of June. <laughs> so yes. Um <laughs> What's going on where you're at? Oh, pretty much the same.
1: You know, that's the end of the school well, year. We have got your kids are still in school, school, right? One more week, so they are ah. out a week today. So they wow. just finished all their exams, and they're just kind of coasting right now, which is nice <laughs>
2: on one hand, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's know, weird to have, have so much time between the exams and the end of school. Because and really, then after, well, they had to hand in their textbooks last week.
1: So they don't even have (laughs) really any learning material, and uh, I guess one of the teachers is moving to another school next year. So my Uh daughter was telling me last night that her classroom is completely bare. There's absolutely nothing in it. Wow! (laughs) And she has to sit in it for five more days. (laughs) Oh my gosh! Do kids just start stop going? You know, I wonder if they do because I I almost would consider it as well. What's the point, really? You know, let's go. You know the museum or something
2: and do something useful. From our inclusion <laughs> point of view, these are the days when, you know, it's going to screw the heck up of the kids with special needs to just suddenly yeah. have, well, you have to still come, but everything's going to be different, and we really don't have anything for you to do. So, you know, sit at your yeah. desk and, and and uh, you know, talk, talk to your friends. <laughs> or worse yeah, yet, yes. behavior problems up the wazoo with those kids. Worse yet, and I, they
1: did this at Christmas time, is that they gather – several classes, put them in the NPR room, and play a video. Yes. And they're yes. all sitting on the floor, and, you know, they're sitting there for two hours. <laughs> I, you know, I don't... I, like, I don't like, hey, you've had handy. a
2: successful year. <laughs> Let's see how we can completely dismantle that in the last week and leave you with a feeling of lack of control. Well, this is a good yeah. show to be talking to a principal about it. That <laughs> so is exactly like, right. <laughs> Yes, we are <laughs> on
1: the how not to do it column. Yes. <laughs> well we are going to be talking with uh George Theo Harris today, who is uh right now the associate dean in the School of Education at Syracuse University. And he is here to talk to us about principles in inclusive schools and the types of leaders that we want our children to have in these schools that are mm. inclusive. So, looking forward to hearing some great uh, things and some great information. Good morning, George. How are you?
0: Good morning. Thanks for having me on. I'm 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 doing well, thanks. We still have three more weeks of school in New York, so we're not quite and winding down yet.
1: You're not winding down yet. You're not watching videos yet.
0: <laughs> not yet. they will come.
1: <laughs> yeah. No. I, I, they just they end so early here, but then again, they start at the beginning of August. So I think right. the whole school yeah. year seems shifted, but. Anyway, now were you at one time a principal yourself? I remember reading your biography and you were talking about um, a bit about your background.
0: Yes, yes, I, I was. I was a principal. I was a. I was a, a teacher, mostly at the sort of kindergarten and elementary level, though a little middle school. And then I was. I was a principal for a number of years before, uh, you know, finishing my degree and going to higher ed. So yes, I have, I have. I have real principal experience, not just people <laughs> I've read about or met.
1: <laughs> and that's what we like to hear <laughs> Yeah, yes, make, it makes a difference
0: Certainly It does
1: When you have experience Because it's not often what you read about in a textbook It's more yes. the experience that you have And the insight that you can gain from that So, yeah, it's great to have Somebody with that type of experience join us and tell us what it's really like. Uh, George, can you start just by quickly giving our audience a bit about your background and how you're involved with inclusive education right now?
0: Sure. No, I'd love to. Um, so now uh, it's been sort of a windy path because I actually don't have a special education background. I was a general education teacher, um, mm-hmm. both at the early childhood level and elementary, and then. Uh, I, I got my, you know, my principal license, those kind of things, and yeah. my job right now at uh, Syracuse University is, is split in a number of ways. It's bet- I work in the elementary inclusive teacher prep programs. So I work with undergrads who uh, want to be uh, elementary uh, or elementary special education teachers, mm-hmm. and our program uh, was one of the first in the country that uh, I can't take any credit for. It was long, long before I was here. Was uh was a, an inclusive teacher prep program that you couldn't get licensed to be a special education teacher or an elementary teacher. You had to get a dual certification um, oh, with yeah. the idea that uh, all teachers really need a variety of skills um, yeah. and really need to understand both the curriculum and uh, different ways kids learn. And uh, so that's the elementary program I teach in, and I, I, I think we do a we're not perfect, but we do a pretty good job.
2: <laughs> um, it also has
0: not only the dual certification, but it has real a real inclusive philosophy that that, uh, you know, location mm-hmm. matters and bringing kids together and building community and differentiating for everybody is better for for mm-hmm. a, every child. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's part of my job. Another part of my job is in the Ed Leadership Program, uh, where we work with current uh, school administrators and uh, future, you know, sort of pre-service educational leaders, people who uh, want to be administrators who are ju- or just or people who are coming back to grad school just to learn more about leadership. Um, right. So th- those are my, my two big jobs. And so I, you know, I work with schools and districts. Both, you know, around the area where I am, and then around the country, largely around issues of leadership, you know, in consult, consulting ways or you know, doing yeah. professional development, uh, but but more and more these days around issues of inclusion. And It seems like uh, there is a greater and greater need for um, leadership work around uh, inclusive education and inclusive school reform. So that's a lot of that's what right.
1: I do. That's right. And you've also written a book that talks about the types of leaders that our children deserve, which mm-hmm. is. That's pretty much the title of that book, isn't it? That, it is, um,
0: yes. Yes. Uh, no. I'm sorry, go ahead.
1: Go ahead. No, no, I was going to ask you to just quickly describe it for us and tell us about it.
0: I'd be happy to. Yeah, uh, it's, a, it's a book that came out of actually a, a study of uh, seven principals um, who work across different 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 age levels. So it's not just focused on elementary or just on high school, but it's elementary principals, there's middle school principals, there's high school principals. And what do principals who have really strong convictions about issues of inclusion and equity and, and issues of social justice, what does that look like uh, in their leadership? Uh, what do they accomplish? Um, what's hard? You know, we, mm-hmm. we, uh, we actually we know a lot about the principalship is, is, is quite a huge and overwhelming job. So what's mm-hmm. hard, particularly hard when you, when you take on issues of equity and inclusion um, mm-hmm. and how, how they balance that, how they manage that, how they don't. Um, but really looking at uh, all those sort of things from, from what, what is possible one of the hopeful things about, at least I think about the book, is that uh, there's really tangible examples of really good work and, 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 and places that have become much more inclusive and much more equitable and produced mm-hmm. much higher levels of learning a- across different demographic groups, including students with disabilities, but not only students with disabilities. Um, uh, so that, that's one of the hopeful things about, about the work, is that it, it paints pictures of, of what leaders can do uh, yes, but it also yeah. is pretty real. I mean, what I hear from school leaders is that they appreciate how how real it is because it's not rosy about how hard this work is.
2: Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm.
1: Yeah.
0: So that's you know that's sort of the, the book in the nutshell. And then you know, these principles provide some lessons if you look across them of about what you know what what are some things they do and what are some things they they have to do to sort of keep their own sanity. Kind of
1: yes, <laughs> and then all the pressures that they're facing as well. They've got responsibility yes. to the school district. They've got a responsibility to the parents, the kids. There's so many people that are they have to consider when they're doing their job, and that's when people want to approach the principal about starting to create more of an inclusive school. It's not as easy as saying, okay, let's do it now. There's all sorts of variables that play into that, and now we see a bit more of an effort, being made, and in particular, we see, uh, you know, one or two classrooms in a school that might be, quote-unquote, inclusive, but how can a principal or, you know, the administration move inclusion beyond uh, working in one specific classroom to an entire school? How can we move that?
0: That's the big question, I think. You know, I think a lot Mm -hmm. of the inclusion movement since, you know, uh, public law 94-142, has been really fought about individual kids, right? We need to get this child included, or, or the parents mm-hmm. are advocating to have yeah. their child included, or you have a, a really passionate teacher, teacher team that says, all right, we're going to do this and we're going to do this beautifully, and, and they, and they kill mm-hmm. themselves and they co-plan. And you, we we see we have great examples of individual kids being included, and we have great examples yeah. of islands of inclusion, right, where this mm-hmm. this classroom is yeah. fantastic. Yeah, and and that's all that's great, and that's taken. What people think think forget is how much work and how much fight that is taken to make that happen.
1: Yes, right.
0: The problem, and, and not to dismiss that because that's obviously really important, and it's led to where we are today where more kids are included than ever before, uh, where teachers have more skills while they still are nervous sometimes about including kids with different kind of needs, but we're at a place where we have more skills, where we have more kids included than ever before. But the problem mm-hmm. is if we only ever fight kid by kid and we only ever have islands is we never get to a system. We never mm-hmm. get to a system that expects that kids, all kids, regardless of their need, are are members, are, are permanent members, are part of a community. Mm-hmm. We never get to a place where everybody expects that that they're going to work with a range of needs. We never get to a place that has systems, structural systems, staff development systems in place to say, "All right, this is the way we do business." And if we right. have that, it's only by the luck of a draw. Or or an experienced right. group of educators that have worked together for a long time. So mm-hmm. this actually is where I think the leadership role is. We know leaders change a lot, but we need to have leaders who have a vision of that, who mm-hmm. have, have seen the power of inclusion. Um, one of the things we, we, we see over and over again is that so many times we can't imagine what we haven't seen. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we need to have leaders who have, who have seen it work,
2: exactly. who have
0: seen inclusion work with a, 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 a range of students, because they, be they, 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 they need to have a vision for themselves and for the school that's saying, we can do this, we can do this for all kids, we can do this systematically. And I think that vision is so important. And that vision, while we know that schools that are inclusive and we know that schools that are highly successful are very collaborative in nature, that vision has to at some point be non-negotiable. And that's why we need right. leadership to bring that. Yeah. Because we know we don't have a history of making hard choices about doing things uh, for kids who we have left on the margins uh, to, together. We need we, we, we need to be pushed into that. We need to be we need to be pushed into that about desegregation, about race. We need to be pushed into that about all sort of issues of difference and disability inclusion is is the same. We we, we need we need a vision driven by uh, leadership. It doesn't have to be an administrator, but we need a a, a a leadership to drive that vision. So that is one of the mm-hmm. essential things. We see that that principals certainly. Uh, need to bring in terms of moving a uh, school in a more inclusive direction. They need to hold a vision. They need to imagine something. They need to share mm-hmm. that. They need to speak that. It needs to be part of the way they see the world, not as an add-on. If we just have an add-on, then it's one classroom at second grade or one or one section at second right. grade. Yeah.
1: yeah. And so that vision yeah.
0: has to drive things. Yeah. um. And-
1: well, and very often when we talk about inclusive schools, we're talking about the teacher in the classroom. You know, how can the teacher create more of an inclusive classroom? How can the teacher be more inclusive of the mm-hmm. child with disabilities? But we really need to look at the school leadership and say, well, what yeah. what is their role specifically? What are they doing to make the school more inclusive? So do principals have a specific role in that situation? Are there things that they need to be doing that can set the tone for that vision you know what what are your thoughts on
0: that absolutely there's actually a a a, a fairly a, a growing but a, a decent sized body of evidence um and a number of principals obviously have have done this to suggest that there there are certain things that we know leaders and specifically principals principals need to need to do to, to make this make this happen so the vision is certainly part of it um mm-hmm. one of the, i mean we know a couple of things we 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 know one of the most important things about school improvement or school change is that you need to? Ha- it has to. It has to have a leadership component, right? All all of the compelling work on school change and on school improvement says that leadership matters. and it matters deeply. And so, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. when we're thinking about inclusion, inclusion is no different, right? The leader has to be at the center of it. The leader has to be sort of, in and be supportive and leading the charge. So the vision is part of it. The vision is only only one part, but what I would argue is perhaps the most important because it drives other things. The other things we know principals do is they set up structures. They decide how staffing yes. is used. And so you never get past an island of inclusion or inclusion being one teacher's project without a, a school yeah. structure to support that. The way we place students into classrooms, the way we mix students heterogeneously, the way we move away from overloading certain classrooms. We have mm-hmm. lots of classrooms that are called inclusive, particularly at the elementary level, or sections that mm-hmm. are called inclusive at the secondary level. Uh, and they're inclusive. in The idea is trying to be inclusive, but when you have a class that's, 30% or 50% students with needs, it's not inclusive in, in, in practice. Uh, and mm-hmm. so uh, we, right. we need leaders to set up structures, to set up class placement patterns, uh, to set up guidelines so we make classes that are heterogeneous, that are not mm-hmm. overloaded. Um, and, and that is a huge role leaders play is yeah. developing service delivery at their school because we can choose to use a teacher in a pull-out manner or we can choose to use that same teacher – uh, to, be a, to co-plan, to co-deliver Great. instruction, to support students and, and work with their colleagues in different ways. We can choose to use a teacher to run a self-contained program
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, where kids, you know, kids are isolated all day, every day from their peers, or we can mm-hmm. choose to use that same teacher, again, to be part of an inclusive team. Without sacrificing the needs of students, people say, well, students have certain needs. Well, of course they have certain needs. But mm-hmm. we know that adults can, can plan for those needs together. Not easy, but they can. But we yeah. need leaders to set up those kind of structures and use their human resources, which is the the greatest resource we know we have in schools. You know, we, yes. over 80% mm-hmm. of school budgets are spent on people because we know people are what make things happen. So, it's a, it's it's really a, uh, one of the most important things that leaders do is is use their people differently and use their people in inclusive ways. So that's right. that's a key yeah. a key role they play is is sort of service delivery and 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 using the human resources in a more inclusive way. Another key right. role and they play is then. Go ahead, I'm sorry.
2: No, I was I was just going to mention when you're talking about choosing staff, I was remembering back in the earliest days of inclusion in our school district when my daughter was in one of the first inclusion classes and the principal the teacher the principal chose to be the regular education for that teacher that class did not yeah. want to do it, did not believe in inclusion. There was another teacher who did and was dying to have the class but she didn't give it to her. So it was like such a statement of, Well, I think this is ridiculous and I'm gonna make it as sure to fail as possible. So it's even in decisions like that that are very hard for parents to, to know right. <laughs> what is going on. I happened to be in the library, and I knew the teachers, and so it was clear that that was the selection. But um, it, it makes such a difference, the, the attitude of the principal, just the gets communicated to the staff as to how seriously we have to take this or how well we want this to succeed. Absolutely, um, and so.
0: absolutely. Right, The attitude of the principal often impacts the attitude of the teachers. And one of the things yes. we see when, when we, in many of quote unquote inclusion rooms, are, are rooms that are slightly overloaded or significantly overloaded with students with a variety of needs. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And when we move away from that model of inclusion and we move away from relying on pullouts and relying on self contained uh, uh, classrooms, we see that we don't just have an inclusive room, right? You might have three mm-hmm. sections at second grade, and all of them become inclusive. So it becomes everybody's job to embrace all the children right. in front of them, as opposed to saying, right. you know what, I don't want to do inclusion. It doesn't, right. doesn't make yeah. that an option. And in not making that an option, <laughs> it doesn't make those children optional.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. And that is a, a fundamental yeah. shift when, when, when schools embrace inclusion in new ways. It's not easy, but, but mm-hmm. it doesn't position that kind of work as optional, where some can be mm-hmm. enthusiastic yeah. about it and some can't. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're right, attitude to the principal makes a huge difference. Mm-hmm. We know the other mm-hmm. thing that principals would, do besides do service delivery is that they provide support, mm-hmm. right? Support and schools yeah. largely means a couple of things. They provide time. Mm-hmm. We know planning time is essential for yes. inclusive teams, and so mm-hmm. creating a mm-hmm. schedule that that provides that that honors that time as being sacred, right? We have to plan around instructional teams having time, and it,
2: mm-hmm. they won't have as
0: much time as they yeah. want. We never can get there, but we have to make sacred time for teams to plan. We know mm-hmm. principals even in times of very tight resources, can provide, uh, you know, material support through the appropriate uh, materials, but also through, uh, you know, other resources. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it could be slightly, you know, could be doing professional development with the team. It could be, uh, you know, having small things as uh, teaching manuals. If you adopt a new math curriculum, all of the teachers on the instructional team wouldn't need the teaching manual, not just the general education teacher or not just Mm -hmm. the special education teacher, everybody. So it becomes this kind of support of time and materials and resources, which we know the principals have influence over.
2: Right, definitely. And I think a lot of the things that we've talked about lately on the show in terms of including including kids with special needs in sports and in clubs and in making sure that, say, the cafeteria people understand that it's an inclusive school and that the – gym teacher knows, and the art teacher, and the music teacher, and that it's not just a, we have this little cell <laughs> of inclusion, but the entire right. school has to be aware of it. And I would think that that's certainly a function of the principal as well, to just really make sure everybody is on board, and that it's not just a a thing that travels with a group, but it's a place, the entire school is a place where that happens. Um, it's difficult for anybody who's only dealing with their particular area of the school to Key into that, so the principal would have to have that job too. I would think,
0: absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, and communication
1: is a
2: huge get done part of all.
0: leadership, <laughs> uh, yeah. and, and, and it's, a huge, it's a huge part of sort of having a, a school philosophy or sort of embracing inclusion, particularly if it's embracing inclusion in new ways for a school. Right, that this isn't just an yeah. inclusive classroom. Right, this is this is an expectation for everybody. You know, in the art mm-hmm. room, we expect kids to participate meaning, meaningfully in the in the in the gym. Uh, in the lunchroom and so we have to think through things and often it involves a lot of problem solving because things come up that yes. oh, yeah. that you mm-hmm. hadn't anticipated or you had anticipated but you anticipated wrong. We we all we all that happens everywhere. And so right. it's it's a commitment yeah. to being flexible in problem solving, which is another important leadership skill that we solve things. But then part of why we I started with the vision is we go back to that, right? We measure our problem mm-hmm. solving based on that. It's easy to say, mm-hmm. Oh, we're having a problem with cafeteria that child should eat by himself.
2: And that mm-hmm, doesn't get right. us anywhere.
0: We <laughs> see that happen over and over and over again.
2: Yes, yeah, yes. Or or you want to get the kid involved in a club and the answer is, oh, well, we don't do that. You know, what's well? Right. How, what would need to happen for you to be able to mm-hmm. do that? And how can that be arranged? But if the principal is not into it, nobody's going to take that step.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. One, of the, as, one of the most interesting as one things. one
2: tried. <laughs> right, I'm
0: sure. You've tried and you've been frustrated. Without leadership supporting that, it's really hard. One of the most hopeful things I saw from studying these principals and their schools uh, in in the book was they really, over time, made a shift in their language from conversations about does this kid belong, right? Does Mm -hmm. he or she Mm -hmm. belong in this after-school program? Does he or she belong in this this math class? Does he or she belong in this first-grade room? And they really shifted from those kind of does he or she belong to the how questions, right? How can Mm -hmm. we Exactly getting Mm -hmm. to your point. And it's it's a small shift in language. But it's a huge shift in attitude, and it's actually even perhaps even a bigger shift in use of time.
2: Mm -hmm. Because Mm -hmm.
0: we have such limited time in schools as we do in life. And if we spend all of our time together thinking and arguing with uh, does this kid belong, well, Mm -hmm. we might disagree at the end. We might have had a good discussion, but we've gotten nowhere closer to doing anything productive.
2: But if we spend all our time
0: wrestling with the how, even if we don't have the best answer, we will have a number of things to try. And that was a really interesting shift to see and to hear about. That yeah. there was a pattern across these schools that we shifted from the does because we, we we got over that right. These are our kids. We're good. We're just gonna we're gonna we're gonna make something work as best we can. To the how can we do this? Um, yeah, and you can't mm-hmm. mandate that, but it has to be just has to be built and reinforced over time. hmm
2: mm-hmm. Yeah, not an option. What? Yeah. <laughs> what can parents do other than you know show up in your office every day to complain <laughs> uh, to move uh, inclusion forward in a positive way uh i know sometimes it becomes uh you know it becomes difficult for parents to know what exactly the problem is you know parents tend to focus on the get my kid into the classroom too right, because yeah. that's the that's the picture we can see And if you get involved in a school, if you volunteer a lot, which is something I always recommend parents do, you know, if you want your kid to be included, include yourself, then you Mm -hmm. start to see some of the bigger picture problems. Uh, But it's still difficult to know. I mean, I always didn't want to rock the boat if I could possibly help it. Or you don't want to be running to the principal every five minutes and get a reputation for being that parent. And you certainly realize all the pressures that are on principals and that, you know, so what would you, what What do you like to see uh, from parents in terms of uh, involvement and pushing things forward? Are there things that they can do specifically uh, to help out in this endeavor, to help out the principal and the leadership? Sure, so? sure.
0: Yeah. I mean, you identified and I, clearly a number of the sort of key issues that we need to think very carefully about. Uh, we certainly, I certainly recommend that parents get invo- as involved as they can, We're recognizing that some parents don't have this, the schedule right. or the life circumstance to be involved, but but it is. I mean, it's a it's a powerful way to have things happen. Is when people know you, they know your family, they know your kids, mm-hmm. right. right? You're someone right. who is seen as a support. You're someone who's seen as a helper. I mean, uh, yeah, that that's a powerful strategy. I mean, for for all parents, because it it gives it gives you and your family and your kids different important access to, to people. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's really important. Um, using that that sort of. Capital in productive ways is important, right? Not running to the principal, like you said, every minute. Is, <laughs> yeah. uh, that's going to burn bridges pretty fast, right? Uh, exactly.
2: We know that, yes. that, that
0: I mean, teachers and administrators have only so much patience and that if, if I am constantly being the person who's bothering them, well, their patience right. with me and their ability to sort of see me and hear me is, is going to diminish. But having said yes. that, that doesn't mean we have to le- let things go. I mean, obviously pushing in inclusive direction, you know, suggesting things, asking how you can be supportive. I mean, there's there's usually Mm -hmm. community resources that can be accessed. You know, there are professional development opportunities. There are, you know, sort of institutes, things like that, that can be suggested, that can be Mm
1: -hmm. say, Mm -hmm. hey,
0: you know, could could we help fundraise so you can send people to that, that, oh, I hear this is a really good learning opportunity for a leadership team. Is it possible to send some people? Um, Right. Mm -hmm. uh, Suggesting those kind of things, I mean, that doesn't change the world overnight, but it's sort of like, hey, we're watching, here are some things. Uh, yeah. Parents being educated, and obviously, uh, I would imagine you have a, a group of parents who who uh, listen to your podcast and use your resources a lot. We know that parents being educated about about their rights and about how inclusion mm-hmm. can and should work is a really powerful mm-hmm. strategy, because we know the kids have largely been included uh, in in many school districts because parents have demanded it. So I mean, yeah. that yeah. we know is an important strategy. We know it's very important to you know at these IEP meetings to to, to advocate. Uh, you know, for inclusive placements and not to sort of go along with things that might be a slippery slope, uh, but mm-hmm. then also yeah. to share that expertise and that sort of advocacy with other parents. I mean, one of the things we know that I think is, is the most telling about sort of where we are in inclusion is we know that geography actually is the best predictor
1: of oh, a kid being okay. included,
0: that a, a kid with, you know, very complicated needs in school A, in school district A, can move 10 miles over in school B, in school district B, and not be included. Um, mm-hmm. And it has nothing yeah. to do with that kid's needs, and so something it has, it has to do with the the attitude and the philosophy that's built there. But also it has to do with the advocacy of the the families, and so parent to parent advocacy can be a very powerful thing because
1: nice. yeah. you know
0: if you've sat in that seat and your child has been included, helping someone else who's sitting in that seat, uh, so their child is included, is a powerful way to sort of build both community and to sort of spread the the wealth. Right? That
1: yeah. not only my mm-hmm. kid is
0: now being included, but someone else's as well. <laughs>
1: Yeah, no,
2: that's a yeah. great suggestion. Yeah, I like that one. <laughs> so much, so much
1: information
2: yeah, from parents and families. Yeah, 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 yeah definitely. And some, sometimes I know some parents are concerned about advocating for inclusion. They don't quite see how their child can fit into that. I know I have a lot of uh, friends, uh, parents of my son's friends, who have been reluctant right. for it because they don't, they don't quite see it. So certainly, if you can advocate for how it's. Share how it's worked for your child and help to educate other parents. I think that will help move it along uh, for everybody and raise everybody's comfort level with it. Um, oh, unfortunately, there here is our go. school bell that says we have to wrap up our conversation. Uh, it's so All nice right. to, to talk to a principal in a non adversarial uh, context. <laughs> 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 Many Thank parents over so here talk, talk to a principal and you imagine you're in an office because something's gone wrong. So thank you so much for being our guest today, George, and I would like to thank our listeners for tuning into our program this morning. Please join us for next week's show, when we will talk with filmmaker Marcel Redis about his recent film, Not Home. In the meantime, you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter, where Nicole tweets under uh, the name inclusive underscore class, and I am at mamatude, M-A-M-A-T-U-D-E. George, are you on Twitter?
0: I'm not. I probably should be, but I'm not.
2: Ah, You should (laughs) be, yes. Come join us. Uh, Anyway, uh, you can uh, download our past podcasts for free on Stitcher and iTunes. Uh, Goodbye, everybody, and have a great week. Goodbye, everyone. Thank you.